This is How to Business and Show Business, where we talk about the business of show, the podcast that discusses ways to work smarter, not harder. If you're a performer at the beginning of your career or a student interested in going into the performing arts, this is the podcast for you. For more about the podcast, you can find our website at businessandshowbusiness.com. There you can learn more about the business of performing arts with coursework, videos with shop talk, and interviews with other professional performers. Now here's your host, Corbett. Hello, I'm your host, Corbin, and welcome back to another episode of How to Business and Show Business. Before we get started, go ahead and click that subscribe button so you can stay caught up anytime there's a new episode. Friends, thanks for joining me for another episode. I'm so excited to share this discussion and this week's guest, Julia Harnett. Julia is no stranger when it comes to the world of show business. Her broad range of work taking her between Canada and the States, doing everything from film, television, theater, and everything in between. Her broad range of work, theatrical productions of Chicago, In the Heights, and West Side Story, TV shows like Supergirl, Power, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and most recently, In the Heights in Lin-Manuel Miranda's film. We learn from Julia the difference, what it's like working internationally between Canada and the States, why it pays to be in the union, especially when it comes to variety principal work on set, why it's important to network and how to do it organically, and finally, why kindness and caution are your two best friends in the business. I'm so excited for you to hear from Julia in this episode as she shares her journey and knowledge about the business. Just as a side note, this interview was recorded earlier this summer. So without further ado, here's my interview with Julia Harnett. Who is Julia Harnett? Well, still trying to figure that out myself. However, Mm -hmm. I would identify as an artist. I'm based out of New York City and I dance, sing, and act. I also choreograph. Um, and yes, right now I'm also knees deep into yoga teacher training, which is really fun. Oh my gosh. How's that? Kind of stay sane in the COVID era. So I figured why not, you know, right. Get it with the yoga. So it's, it's fun. It's really great. I'm glad that I finally, um, decided to delve into it because it's something that was definitely missing in my Mm. life. Wow. Okay. All right. Look, a jack of many trades. We see you out in these streets. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Now, I I wonder if that also ties in with this. What Mm -hmm. hobbies and or interests do you have outside of the business? Um, So right now, being in teacher training, I would say one of my biggest interests is yoga. Um, Just keeping the mind and the body in balance. Um, but I also like to cook. I like to travel. Um, I love pets, specifically dogs. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, we moved outside of uh, the city last year so that I could be closer to the ocean. And so I'm probably on the ocean every day. And so I probably have to say that the ocean is one of my biggest hobbies. It's just mm-hmm. paddleboarding and swimming. Um, there's just something about being in the salt. I think that's really helpful and calming. Now, originally where you're from, did you have mm-hmm. a body of wadi near you? Where are you originally from? Yes. Tell the people. So I'm originally from, I grew up in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I, gra- 
graduated high school there. And then I actually moved all throughout Canada and the States during my college years um, and then settled back in British Columbia um, in Vancouver, which is on the West Coast and it's the Pacific Coast, Oceanside. So that was a place that is, it feels like home. Like when I talk about home, Vancouver, Canada is definitely home base for me. So, yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. Well, cause I always joke with people, especially those who are from Canada. They're like, oh, where are you from? I say, oh, I'm from Alaska. I was like, so we're kind of neighbors-ish. And I, we always joke back and forth depending on which side of the border you're from. Oh, Alaska, you're the off-brand of yeah. Canada. Or oh, Canada, you're the off-brand of Alaska. It's just always a joke that we have yeah. back and forth, especially yeah. on the Yukon territory line. Sure. Um, so being said, growing up in Canada and, mm-hmm. and coming into the art profession, what is it like over there as opposed to here in the States that you've noticed? Um, okay, so for musical theater, the East Coast is definitely where it's at. Um, there is quite a bit of musical theater in Toronto, in Canada. Um, and then obviously like New York, like the whole East Coast is where like the bulk of musical theater happens. So growing up on the West Coast, I wasn't really privy to a lot of musical theater. My dance studio growing up, did offer musical theater classes, um, but at the time I was so focused on like classical ballet training that I didn't really, you know, I didn't really know much about musical theater, which is, you know, something I'm slightly ashamed to say out loud. Um, yeah, so I, I had my first experience with musical theater in, in high school um, in, in 11th grade and it was to do um, West Side Story. And so I was offered the position to choreograph as well as be one of the Shark Girls. And that was, you know, sort of, that gave me a small taste of it, but being a small high school, we didn't really have the resources to put on, you know, like a full length production. So we did the best that we could. Um, But I didn't get another experience in musical theater until uh, seven years ago, actually, when I um, was part of the uh, In the Heights premiere in Canada. And so that was, that was something that really got me addicted, I guess you could say, to the musical theater world. And, and it's something, you know, growing up as a ballet dancer, you, you sometimes have a very one-track mind, like your end goal is a ballet company. Whereas in musical theater, you could be a ballet dancer and have the end goal of being on Broadway, which is really cool. And I think it opens up a whole plethora of other opportunities for artists. You know, musical theater is really something that allows artists to really explore all of their talents. Um, you know, this whole idea of a, my dog is going crazy. No, it's right all right. We got to give people, we got to give people a background. We got to give them some energy as we do this. <laughs> That's Coco, <laughs> and she knows it. And it's ridiculous. Like you have to be giving her attention all of the time, and we or else she's that. And we anyway. Um, so yeah, I think you know this whole idea of being a triple threat is something you know that when I discovered it, I was so intrigued by the thought that there are people out there who can, in a professional level, be a hundred percent actor, 100% 
singer and a hundred percent dancer. That is something that is like the ultimate. That's like the Mecca for me, you know, it's really pushing your, your artistic body and your artistic mind as well as your physical body and physical mind um, to achieve like that, that, you know, that Mm -hmm. ultimate in, in performing art, because you really have to, you know, you, you stretch yourself thin in all three of those things, but it's, um, it's just a really cool, strange, crazy addiction, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I think this is what's so interesting is that I, I, I find it fascinating how some people still don't consider us then athletes, because I think to do what we do and to put our bodies through these extraordinary circumstances, whether it be physically in the body through dance, whether it be physically through voice, whether it be physically through acting, and then you're mostly drained at the end of the performance. And then people mm-hmm. are like, why are you so tired, Julia? Oh my God, like, let's go, Julia. Like, oh my God, let's go do this class. And you're like, no, girl, <laughs> I'm tired. Like, <laughs> I got to wake up and do that again. No, 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 I no, need no. bath. Yeah, like we, we got time. Like I got an Epsom salt and then go to bed. Oh my gosh. Well, I do sympathize with that because that was a little bit of my similar experience. And I remember I just wanted to join a ballet company at the time. And that was strictly all that I was doing. And, and, and it wasn't till that someone had introduced theater to me as another option, right? Because, yeah. you know, in ballet, it's a short enough career. Like being a dancer is a short enough career, but then being a ballet dancer, and then you might not be that star success in a ballet company to move forward to a principal one day and to maybe yeah. be the prima ballerina of a company or in the world or whatever the kid or the male equivalent. And I'm just like, dang, I thought we had a rough, like, right. yeah, it's, it's something. It's definitely something. But yeah, I would, I would say that, you know, uh, once I realized that musical theater was such a cool place to live, I decided to move in mm-hmm. and, I've been doing it for the last, like professionally, for the last six years. Okay, right on. Yeah. Well, when you brought up something that I that I'm very curious to know about or know more about because I don't know enough of um, working international in that way, um, was that was that done through via a work visa? No. So my mom's American. Okay. Okay. So I was able to get my dual citizenship when I was quite young. Um, Although there's four kids in my family and I'm the only one that decided to do that. I think it's just, you know, it's a benefit to be able to work in both countries. Um, Especially right now, because with TV and film production, there's not a whole lot going on in the United States. They haven't opened it up yet in New York, or maybe they just opened it. They may have just opened it on Monday. I have to go and look, but um, it's been shut down because of the Rona. So they opened up film and television production in Vancouver on June 13th, I believe. So they were able to put all of the productions that were put on hold, any of the pilots that should have been shot, um, they were able to start uh, back up again on those productions, which is great because people in our industry um, who are out there can get back to work. So there's a lot of backlog right now on television and film production. They have to shoot, I don't even know the numbers. It's, it's public It's public somewhere, you can find it, but there's a lot of film and TV productions that have to shoot in a very short amount of time, which is difficult now with the new um, COVID-19 procedures in place. Mm-hmm. Everything takes a lot longer to shoot now because they have to, you know, even if you talk about like the makeup chairs and the, and the hair and wardrobe, um, every actor or dancer on set has their own makeup and hair person now. Whereas before you would have maybe four or five makeup and hair people mm-hmm. to do, you know, 
20 actors or dancers or what have you. Um, now everyone gets their own separate person because they can't be sharing equipment. You cannot share makeup tools. You can't share any of that stuff. So everything takes so much longer. So it's going to be interesting to see, because like I said, they have all of these productions that are like backed up now mm. and they have to get them all shot because there's a whole bunch of new productions waiting, you know? So it's a, it's a very interesting experience. Um, I did hear though that they will be opening up television and film in New York city. I think it opened this week. I have to go and check. I'm pretty sure it opened yesterday. Okay. Or, Monday, Monday. Um, I'm going to double check that. But yeah, so it's, it's a good thing for that aspect of the industry because at least some people or those who are musical theater artists who are interested in getting into TV and film know that there is hope, you know, um, that there is work that is becoming available to us. So it's, it's about, you know, being able to, you know, delve into that side of the industry because it's just another side of our industry. Yeah. Some people like to separate the two. I like to keep them all together because it's, if you're an artist, you can, you know, you can show your art in so many different places, in different faucets, in different, you know, that you, you, there are so many opportunities. If you call yourself a musical theater performer, well, you're an actor too. So why not go and act on television if it's available to you? Yeah. Well, and nice little segue, because I know this is something you and I have talked about. I know for me, at least when I see you, you're always doing a lot of film and television, which I so admire you for. And I was like, oh, I want to be doing that. And through osmosis, putting that into the universe, like I was on that trajectory, then Rona came along, right? Mm-hmm. Um, complete side note, but before I forget, there was something that you mentioned to me. We had went out, we had just finished uh, working with uh, Trina. Mm-hmm. I was asking you about... Um, special skill sets while filming. And you had said to me, if they, complete side note, everyone, this is just for my own self-interest, but um, if they ask you to do something that is, as a dancer, that is considered an additional skill set. So they need to abide by SAG rules and or get in touch with your agent. Can you explain that again? Because I think that is so important. Yes, I don't know. There's a special term um, for SAG, but in Canada for ACTRA, which is... um, the equivalent to say after in the states um there is a term called variety principle now variety principle means that if you are booked in a project as an actor actor first and then they say oh but you can also dance and there's some dance written into the story we would like you to dance in this scene but you're acting in this scene mm-hmm. if that happens to you you go to your agent and say, okay, I was hired on as a principal supporting whatever actor. I would now like that to be bumped to variety principal, which in turn gives you more money because you're actually showing two skill sets. Mm-hmm. Most actors, most actors, um, especially some of the big name actors that you see in these blockbuster films, they will hire a double to do any scene that requires dancing, any sort of stunt, um, singing. Um, mm-hmm. If you, <laughs> case in point, you can look at The Greatest Showman, um, that beautiful actress who played the, the opera. Rebecca uh, Ferguson. Singer. Yes, gorgeous woman, not a singer, right? Mm-hmm. So they ended up dubbing, um, it was, I believe it was one of the women who won. A, a she, was the, she was in the, the voice, voice? Uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren Audrell or Lauren Allred. Yes. Lauren Allred. Yes. So listen, listen to this. Had that lead actress been a singer as well as an actor, she would have been in a whole nother pay scale Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. than if she was just an actor. So that's something that not a lot of people know about. Um, and oftentimes a lot of agents don't know about it because there are not a lot of actors who are also singer, dancer, stunt, you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So agents in their minds see their actors as actors, which is what we want to be seen as. Um, but if you have those special skills in your tool belt, you can be paid for those special skills in your tool belt. So I think that's just something that's important that people realize that they have. It's, you know, it's uh, oftentimes producers will not go there because the bump is quite substantial. Uh-huh. Um, I was on a project once where I was hired in as an actor. It had dance in the script. Um, producer found out because our agents were realizing that this was a thing, went back to production, told production that, okay, we want our actors bumped up to variety principal. Production came back and said, well, we're just going to fire and rehire all of you and get people, you know, because it's cheaper for them yeah. to just find actors and then find a stunt or, you know, mm-hmm. so they, they actually threatened to, to recast all of us. My agent said, no. And the union got involved and I got the project and some of that footage is still in my dance demo today. So, Well, well cause I wanted to ask you about <laughs> this and I think I asked you about this one when, when we were out. Um, yeah. Uh, if that ever comes up, how do you address that in real time when you're yeah. like being pressured with all these things of like, either you're fired, either you're going to do it or we're going to fire you and let you go. We got, yeah. we, you know, we're on a go, go, go. Like, how do you handle that in real time? So this is where it pays to be a union member. It pays because yes, it's expensive to get into the unions. It's, you know, it sometimes will limit the opportunities that you have, but that is their job. Their job is to protect you. You cannot be, once you've been cast in something, they can't just fire you. They can't just fire you for no reason. So it's not due cause for them to fire you because you are a skilled artist. (laughs) They cannot do that. So the union sees that it's in the books. They just have to throw the book at production and say, sorry, you can't actually. And if you're going to, if you want to recast them, you're going to have to pay them for such and such amount of time that they've been hired. So you still have to get paid. Um, and ultimately if you're the best person for the job, they're not going to be able to find someone to recast you. So there's that. Wow. See, and this is what I'm talking about. Like the nuggets of wisdom, because as I, <laughs> as I'm sure, you know, when we get into this business, there are some unexpected things that we're just expected to know. Right. But then there's the things that mm-hmm. we garner through friends who have been in the business longer than us, who pass down this information and or things that we just mm-hmm. happen to know through trial and error. Right. Right. Now, because I, I, and I think I told you this because, you know, while I do have aspirations of doing film and TV, I'm not, I'm not there yet because theater has been really good to me thus far. So that's what I'm really enjoying right now at the bulk of my career. doesn't mean I'm not trying to do other things, but when it comes time, I would like to have as much knowledge and or resources as possible. So that way I can be ready for when the time comes. Um, I also want to talk on this because I think this is a very important thing. Um, and, it, and it's not good or bad, but as a woman in this business, mm-hmm. what is either the difference that you have to do for yourself as opposed to a male counterpart, either in a show or mm-hmm. getting ready for a show or maybe going in for an audition? Is there a mm-hmm. subtle difference or is there none at all? I don't think so. I think, you know, where we're at today, it's... It, doesn't being an artist is being an artist and I don't see the limitations that used to exist for women. Um, 
in the industry. I mean, there's so much in the dance world, obviously, that, you know, if you choose to take time off to have it, if having a family is something that you want in your life, um, back in the day, that wasn't really an option. Your option was if you wanted to have a family, that's when your career finished, you know. Um, now that is not the case, nor are dancers being penalized anymore. And if they are, I'd like to speak to their artistic directors. Um, but dancers now are not being penalized um, in the way, like but you, you, you pay a penalty to have a family because you're taking time away from your career. However, having a family could enrich you more as an artist. I mm-hmm. had my child when I was 20 years old. Um, and it's funny because when I got pregnant with my child, I was on a different path. Like I said, I was, you know, I had this one track mind of being in a, a ballet or contemporary ballet company. And that was all that I could see. And then when I started to realize that there were other opportunities available to me as an artist, um, it, having a kid was actually the best thing that could have happened to me at the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was basically what changed my, like, like op- opened up the focus. I realized, oh my gosh, there's so much more that I should be doing and could be doing. Um, so yeah, back to your question. I don't think that there is, um, more of a challenge anymore for women. Although I would say, you know, you could say that there's more women in the industry doing the thing, trying to do the thing. Um, that's, that is true. Like there are a lot more women. Like if you're looking at ensemble in musical theater, there's always more women than men that show up to these auditions. There's just always more. So I think as a woman, um, that would be, that would be your, you know, the blockage would be in that there's just so many of you, I guess. So I think that the important thing, male, female, they, them, all of us is really setting yourself apart in a unique way where you are um, comfortable in your personality, in, in your body, in who you are, and you can take that into a room and you set yourself apart and you don't look like the rest of the people that show up. I think mm-hmm. that's just an important thing. And, and therefore, there's no, there's no hindrance, there's no um, disadvantage mm-hmm. to being who you are. You're just who you are. You know, it, we, we are lucky to live in a time when it, where there is more acceptance for you to be who you are than back, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. It's changed so much now. So I would say that, that we have the same amount of power as men or, you know, cisgendered men who walk into the room. Like I feel maybe I'm naive but <laughs> I'm at the same place that yeah. they are, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, if like people could say differently, that's fine. But in my mind, yeah. I am who I am and we're at the same level. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask this because I, I feel like this is not only important um, as we are changing forward, right? I don't want to give any unrealistic expectations because this is something that I've just witnessed once in my life. I remember I went in for an audition and I remember it was, uh, uh, I couldn't make the time slot for the men. So I had to do it with the women and what a different atmosphere that is auditioning with a whole bunch of girls. I mean, obviously just being the only guy in the room, however, but when I was in the audition room, what I know is for us, what is so real for us actors, doesn't matter if you're a man, doesn't matter if you're a guy, it's insecurities. Why is, well, why is her leg higher than mine? Well, how can he jump higher than I? How can he lift? Like, it goes through all of us. We might not vocalize it the same. But I remember mm-hmm. I was sitting in this audition room. Not in the, we, had just, we had just done the first group. And everyone was kind of, all the girls were kind of quiet in the room. I'm like, okay, 
haters on aisle eight, haters on aisle eight. And they all kind of bust out laughing. And I was like, I wasn't trying to be funny, but I was like, let's encourage our fellow people. But I do know that is a different, um, not paradigm shift, but that is a different tone in the room. Like when we're all watching each other dance, right? Yes, that's the worst. <laughs> or when we're watching each other work. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's so uncomfortable. And it's funny because like what you said is so true. Um, same experience, but in the reverse, I've gone into um, the room with, with all the boys and I mean, let's be honest, it's the most fun ever, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Like, you don't, you know, you don't feel like you're in competition with them. So yeah. you, you really feel like you can support the group. Yeah. Whereas when it's you and all your people in the room. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. you don't really, your people because yeah. oftentimes which is why it's always great to audition with your friends for these ensemble calls if you can get there oh be God. together together support each other and then you get to get to the room and then you oftentimes will get to dance with them in a group mm -hmm. production can see that and that's another little tidbit you know um when you when you want to feel supported and I, I know that it's hard when you're just you just graduated high school or college and you don't know anyone um but that's why it's so important to network as yeah. soon as you move to, if, if it's New York that you're planning to move to, as soon as you're there and, and you know, you have your apartment and, and mm -hmm. you know where mm -hmm. the studios are, you know how to get to the subways, you need to start meeting people and like go out and do real life, real human civilian people things and, you know, go to the library, go to the coffee shop, go to the river, go to the museum, go, you know, just like meet all these people, um, go to class because that's where you're going to meet some of your best friends. Hey, <laughs> come on now, come on now. Um, <laughs> but then when you, when you go to these auditions and you see people that you know already, you have a sense of like comfort, right. you know, because if you're at those auditions sitting in line as if you're a non-union performer sitting in line between two people you don't know, those are the two people you're going to be in the room with you know, and if you didn't take the time to get to meet these people while you're in that seven, eight hour, 10 hour non-union lineup, I'm hey. sorry, like you were in your headphones full time and you didn't get a chance to meet people, you're going to be dancing with these people. You're still going to feel so uncomfortable. You get on that floor. You're not, not going to have any support of anyone around you. Good yeah. luck. Good yeah. luck. You know, yeah. that's not what it's about. Production can see if you have camaraderie with the people around you in your like three, four, five person group that's dancing across the floor. If they see y'all dancing as a team, they're like ensemble. We see them. There they go. We're going to call back all four or five of those people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not just about you. I'm yeah. sorry. It, it, this, this industry is like, you know, look out for number one. It's just, this is all we have. But honestly, number one, you're only going to get to number one by being with your friends. Y'all are going to like propel yourselves up to number one. Truth. Truth. And I think you just tacked on something perception. I mean, undoubtedly mm -hmm. it's unfortunate at times because it can work against mm -hmm. us, but it matters. Like yeah. the moment you walk into the room, how are you dressed? The moment yeah. you start to open your mouth and sing, the moment you start to dance, the moment you start to do, like it, it, it really does matter. And sometimes it's not in our favor, but for the most time you can only control what you can control. Here's why I think I'm right for the role that I'm auditioning for. Either you can use me or you can't. But then like you just said, having camaraderie with the people who are in the, it's, I think it's easier for us as dancers than it is as a singer walking into a room alone or, a, or an actor walking into a room, unless you're doing harmonies and all that other stuff or with a scene partner, but that's, that's a whole other world. But yeah, that's a doggy dog world out there. <clears throat> uh, man. Yeah. So being said, uh, mm -hmm. I feel like this ties into my next question perfectly. What self-education of do's and don'ts did you learn along the way? 
If you'd like to hear Julie's answer to that question and many more as we dive further into networking, head over to my Patreon so you can get full access to this interview. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and be sure to share with your friends. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on next week's episode of How to Business in Show Business.